Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bound, the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, to deliver to you our thoughts on three topics of the moment. We scour the news in the hotel investment space and pick what we think are interesting and relevant topics to find out more about, and we'll give you a little bit more of that now. The first topic we're going to talk about this week is, well, after all that time locked down, uh, there are some hoteliers who are having a fantastic summer. Uh, and it's those that are enjoying the benefits of staycationing locals. Um, we've certainly found in the UK, and I guess it's probably happening in other parts of Europe as well, that uh, certain parts of the country are enjoying uh, a big boost from the staycation market. So frustrated Brits, they're not allowed to fly to many parts of uh, the, the med that they might otherwise do and they're getting in their cars and driving to other resorts that are more local and perhaps they might not have thought about going to for several years places down in the west and uh, up in the lakes and in the east um, and we're hearing stories that hotels are chock full earning good rates on their rooms and thank goodness they're getting a bit of a bit of a, a bonus after months of being locked down. Uh, the other fl flip side of this is that we're also hearing that um, quite a, a strong return to the market for investors. These uh, investors keen to buy and get going again, and most of them have a medium-term outlook and think that uh, things will be getting back to normal in terms of business before too very long. So, so purchase prices are not exactly down, and in fact, there are people who are putting their their hotels on the market specifically because they believe that now is a good time to get a good price for them andrew this is a bit of a flip around isn't it <clears throat> um, be careful i think um let's look at the hard data um rather than the anecdotal stuff we're seeing a lot of at the minute there's no question there's n that there has been a big boost um you've only got to look at the beaches in bournemouth or i'm heading up to norfolk next week and i expect there'll be crowded beaches up there as well but that is not the case across the country as a whole in particular the cities um, are quite empty and um, for the wider hotel business and certainly much of the the market we tend to spend our time looking at which and that's very much more focused on the business traveler and there's weakness there but let me just um, talk about a few actual hard numbers and to that explain this and explain why it's a northern european thing um with southern europe desperately suffering um we're going to talk about southern europe in um later on i think in this podcast but um and spain in particular but in in the uk so we had back in may the office for national statistics the uk government's official data body uh, put out its travel trends 2019 document this showed there were 40.9 million visits to the uk by overseas residents and 93.1 million visits overseas by uk residents so net net what we're talking about is 52.9 two million people um who could if they can't who normally would travel overseas but now um want a holiday in the uk now there's no question that it's not going to be 50 million looking to holiday in the uk it's going to be a significantly reduced level from that but it's still going to be tens of millions and that is enough to see you know the situation where campsites are selling at 
prices which would make the four seasons blush uh, fortunately listeners will be pleased to know i managed to book my um my campsite in norfolk uh, uh, early on in lockdown that's <laughs> a sort of insurance policy and i've got a good <laughs> good deal um you can but, sell it on you can flip it yeah i could do I'm, yeah half tempted actually um given how hot it's going to be and desperately grim it will be in a tent of 30 <laughs> degrees plus but anyway <laughs> stuck in a tent with three children and a dog oh my goodness what am i what am i doing um anyway um looking at this the net net of this in terms of this so you've got all these this this big number of people looking to to staycation um which we don't usually have and i suspect actually i mean i've already booked now um top consumer tip for our listeners here i've already booked for next summer um because i i think we're going to be in this sort of virus situation for some time to come so i I thought i'd better lock that one in as well um and and so um yep it's going to be good for some time if you've got the right sort of property and we've talked about this and we've heard about it in the results if you can drive to it if you can get public transport to it um you are looking good from the point and you're in a resort location or a desirable holiday location you're in a looking good and you're in a strong situation you're even stronger if you're a rental accommodation rather than a hotel um, but either seem to be doing pretty good right now in the cities though it, it's it's pretty grim um, and hot stats they looked in in june now okay in june a lot of places still hadn't opened up including the uk but the june uh, profitability data showed that it's minus 14 uh, euros um, uh, per room on average the gopar um, across the hotels in the in the hot stat sample this is not a great situation um, i'm gonna carry on the gloom by looking at something the global business travel association put out in mid-july and that found just 17 percent of respondents based in europe planning to resume travel in the next three months um, a worrying 23 percent said they were not planning to travel at any time in the near future and 18 percent were unsure so we've got this huge swathe of demand that's not coming back into the market and it's the most profitable bit of demand the business travelers and the mice market Um, so that's the challenge and in addition to that you've got capacity actually leaving the market for good um oeg which compiles data on airlines they said at the start of august just half of 50.4 percent to be exact of global airline capacity had been reinstated um that that means half has is not there um and um, i think the most worrying piece of data was in terms of the number of airlines and that had reduced from 716 this time last year to just 638 so nearly 100 um, have just disappeared that's capacity which is not coming back once the airline goes that goes um, and we're seeing um, aircraft taken out of service aircraft which were ordered being cancelled um, this capacity is going to take a long time to build back up and it's not about a month or two months it's about years before that comes back and this is some of the most profitable bits of our business which is just 
gone away um, and going to take quite a while to come back. Um, and just to sort of pile on the gloom, let's talk about the economy as well and the you know just how grim that is looking. Um, so it was interesting. The Bank of England put out a report on the fourth of August, and it, the, the sort of headline was, "Well, actually, the drop is not as bad as we feared, but the recovery is going to take even longer." Um, that's just the wrong way round from a hotel perspective because you don't get much worse than being closed um uh, you know the the hotel sector and the hospitality sector and operation or real estate more generally is very bad has been very badly hit um and if the recovery is going to take even longer that's 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 really gruesome so you know in, in terms of the drop it it's quite dramatic um GDP grew in the UK in May, um, but it was still 24% down from the level at the end of Q4 last year. Um, that's a huge, huge drop. It's six point something or other, um, the total drop in the last recession. Um, so it just gives you, uh, you know, four times worse the drop than in the last recession. Um, so that just gives you a, a, a feel for how, how bad it's been. And it, it's kind of come back slower says the bank of england i think it's being overly optimistic a lot of other forecasters um more storied than me also think it's going to be a, a, a slower and more difficult recovery from this so you've got this twin kind of thing you've got the supply shock of everything being closed down and then you've got this economic um, underpinning where your joblessness is rising consumer spending is going to be dropping um, feeding in as well so it, it, it's 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 a very difficult situation and i think yep there's no question that there's been a bit of a blip a bit of a bump in terms of what's going on in the in in the staycation market but uh, you know uh, make the most of it while you can because i think the the, the medium term picture is is pretty going to be pretty tough and i think um the long term as we keep saying on this podcast fantastic that it's going to come back it will come back but it's going to take years rather than months well let's cheer ourselves up or not by talking now about the student accommodation market. Uh, yeah, we there's another business that's been upended by coronavirus with students sent home, with student accommodation operations businesses then fretting about whether or not they are duty bound to return uh, rents that already even paid for the final term. And then we've got the whole business of what happens next. Do students come back this autumn in the same sort of numbers as they are expected has been expected to in previous years um, it seems from the 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 temperature we've taken of the market that uh, certainly investors seem to think long term things will go back to how they were before coronavirus um, but of course there are some other issues to do with rising geopolitical tensions between uh, the west and the east and um, certain markets in uh, such as the UK which are heavily dependent on encouraging Chinese students to come and study and stay uh, may be placed in a little bit of danger if there's rising tensions which mean the Chinese don't come in the numbers they have been um, so Andrew are you more or less optimistic about the student accommodation market in mm. the short to medium term 
so it, it is very similar and i it, because i know the hotel market the best i like to look across and what read throughs and what parallels are there between the hotel market and say the student accommodation market and there are quite a few actually and i think the biggest one that comes through is the move towards branded uh, uh, sort of a big company offer in the purpose-built student accommodation market um, and that's a big secular trend just as in the hotel sector and just as COVID is amplifying that trend in hotels um, net net we're going to see significantly more branded hotels at the end of this period um, and we're going to see more PBSA um, corporately owned student accommodation at the end of this period um, in the same way. Um, so in, in actual numbers, so I was, there are three uh, real estate investment trusts in student accommodation. Um, and one of which um, has uh, reported so far uh, for, for the first half, and that's Unite Group. Um, now, it looks very grim. It's gone from a profit of 126 million down to a loss of 74 million. Ow. Mm. Um, but um, it, it, it is quite optimistic about the future. And it, one of the strong points it makes i think is that well there are 650,000 rooms for students in pbsa there's 850,000 or 855,000 is the precise number they give um um, rooms in houses of multiple occupancy and in sort of broad brush trend terms I would say the HMOs those houses in multiple occupancy are equivalent to the unbranded hotels and the 650,000 in PBSA are the branded hotels and these are the ones which are going to do well and I think what's interesting that come out from from both that from both unite but also from the other um two big reits which is uh, which are uh, gcp and empiric um um they both all three took a decision that we're going to hand back um um, or rather not enforce the rental obligations of students for the summer term they said look we're going to play nice you don't have to give us that money um, we're not going to make you give us that money and if you want to go home you can and we'll let you off that owed rent um, the HMOs by and large didn't do that they were quite harsh and, and uh, created quite a lot of difficulty for a lot of students and this has been noted by university authorities it's been noted by students union so as we come out of this the big three REITs and the other other players um, are you know who've take adopted a similar policy which tend to be the PBSA people they're in a much better position in terms of to grow market share as the recovery kicks in and you know the, there are some very significant secular challenges but uh, you know similar to um the hotel market well um, i was thinking as you were as you're saying that i was thinking uh comparing between travel lodge and um and premier inn you know one who said we're not paying our rent and the other one who said we're paying in full yeah uh, yeah i mean I, I think i prefer the undercapitalized um independently owned hotel comparison yeah, okay. with an hmo yeah. to, to, to travel lodge i'm not well gonna, i guess the hmo um, owner is probably potentially got a very large mortgage is working on a kind of margin, yeah, yeah. margin I mean, that, play, and you know, 
yeah, they they could well be in you know in in significant shtick. But the thing is, is that it's all about the the lack of access to capital. REITs, in theory, should have the ac- access to the cheapest possible capital out there. Um, so th- they've gone out and you know unite sitting on a um, on a pile of cash it can deploy, and it's talked about deploying that, um, and it's very focused on upscale universities on on universities which are in the 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 top tier rather than the sort of the under threat universities um you know from the the decline we we are going to see i think you know you talked about the absence of the 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 departure of perhaps significant number of chinese students and other overseas students um and also i think there's going to be general challenges about you know is, is the university worthwhile i think longer term um, yes, absolutely. We're going to see an ongoing trend towards people going into higher education. Um, but it, it, if you're positioned in the right way, I think that's um, at that the, at the stronger institutions, you're, you're much better placed. And the three REITs um, are a better placed than the HMOs, who I think are going to be the ones that are really going to suffer in this crisis in terms of the uh, student accommodation market i mean it's interesting that they're i mean i think they're overly optimistic in what they're going to be doing next year because um they're saying oh we've we're, we're, we're renting out our rooms and our booking levels are not that that much lower than they were a year ago um united's targeting 90 percent occupancy mm. um that sounds a lot on a hotel standard um but in in their terms it's going to lead to a 10 to 20 percent reduction in rental income yeah. um having only 90 percent occupancy because they're nearly 100 percent obviously is their, is their target um so that, that that's a significant hit but i think it could be could well be worse than that f- for next year um maybe even the year after but it then gets better um and i think it's a very similar situation you know as you can see in terms of the the hotel recovery piece i would argue um because what you're getting is a lot of your competition's gone um you've you, you've built good relationships with your um key stakeholders um, and I think that's I think you know, if, if you're going to take you know, the learning across from student to the hotel market, I think it's this building good relationships with your key stakeholders. And this is where your travel lodge point, I think, is very on the money, Chris, because, you know, travel lodge have done anything but build good relationships yeah. with their key <laughs> yeah. stakeholders. And that is going to damage them. And Whitbread have taken completely the opposite approach, for example. Yeah. yeah. Topic uh, continuing our, uh, our jolly. Uh, optimistic look out look at the, the hotel space <laughs> we're back to having a look at what's going on in spain and recently the uh, spanish hotel groups nh and melia have both reported their uh, their second quarter numbers with a comparable levels of losses um well q2 was going to look like the worst one because obviously they were obliged to close most of their hotels um during april and may and perhaps for most of june as well um so Apart from all the red ink, uh, I, I thought one of the, some of the interesting things were what they've been doing in the meantime to to sharpen up their operation ready for reopening. Um, was that your takeaway, Andrew, or anything else you had to think about? Mm, I, I, did, you, did you 
think were you impressed with anything they were waffling about there? I mean, it sort of whooshed over me. I have to be honest about. Well, I was um, quite interested in the fact that Melia seemed to be getting more of their direct, more of their sales directly online, which is sort of up several notches. Yeah, no, absolutely, and they should be, and they absolutely should be because they need to. Um, um, they really need to do that. Um, you know, this is something which has been underway for some time, and I wouldn't exactly describe either of these two um companies as being in the you know in the leading pack here of in in doing that um certainly not in the back of the pack of of all the companies but they're mid-sized and mid-placed in all of that um just taking a step back i mean one of the started this podcast talking about look look at the fundamental underlying data and i was trying to live up to that um i went to to take a peek at the unwto the world tourism organization's um data and the first time i've ever seen a hundred percent decline um so what that means if you, something goes down a hundred percent that means a total yeah. wipeout that is not good at all um so no so so there's zero international tourism receipts in spain in april um just astonishing i mean you couldn't couldn't write that script i mean it's just absolutely gobsmacking that it's that grim so i think to your your headline was is this the bottom of the v it's certainly the bottom i don't think it's a v but it's certainly the bottom you think it's a very um, long sluice you know, don't you <laughs> yes yes <laughs> um so um yeah q2 2020 clearly the bottom um he doesn't get any more bottom than that and than, than the absolute bottom mm. <laughs> um but I, th- I think the challenges that the the that these two players have, um, in terms of Melia and NH as they come out of this, um, both are quite significantly leased. Um, Melia less than I thought actually when I dug into twenty six percent of their room stock, sixty four percent of the NH room stock is leased. That's gonna be really mm. painful in this period. Very challenging indeed. Um, and um you know they've got to they're shaving a lot i mean they've 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 cut a lot of costs um both um have cut operating costs by 70 percent or more um mostly through staff costs and other operating expenses they're both talking to landlords about shaving shaving rents um that's going to be difficult i think um but they they will get some some money back the, the landlords if they've got any sense will have to work with these hoteliers it will be interesting what the landlords demand in return mm-hmm. we'll see what comes out of that um it's a bit like the travel lodge situation again there um we'll see how that comes out but uh it, it is you know again this is not a v-shape this your uh, you know long swoosh i think is, is 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 completely spot on and the unwto they do they have a panel of experts which i actually sit on that um, panel of experts so they can't be that expert but um the 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 the, the panel overall and aggregate um is forecasting that there's going to be a recovery in student by the uh, in tourism by the second half of 2021 and i'm i'm on the more pessimistic end of that i think it's going to be later than that but even if it's that that's the consensus i think it's clearly not a v-shape from that you know this is this is a prolonged period of of challenge um just one final data point to truly 
you know ram home the doom <laughs> and gloom so um the unwto they they look at the t- international tourist of our arrivals and they the, the, their latest data is just for the first five months of 2020 so between january and may and looking at that five months comparing it to the same five months in 2019 th- there were 300 million fewer international tourist arrivals and this lost revenue totals 320 billion us dollars this is three times what was lost in the whole of 2009 during that recession so that gain that gives you three times worse already it's already three times worse than in 2009 in terms of the international tourism business um this is tough we'll end this week's podcast we'll wish you well and we'll speak to you soon but for now we'll say bye for now